Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons. If you want to monetarily support the show, we're at patreon.com slash two towns over. If you can't support us financially, then you can support us algorithmically by liking, rating, and sharing. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Josh caught those because me too. Oh, I, I, I gave it a slight it pause just cheeks. so that we could. Uh, I, I I caught just these those cheeks. Good, good, that's, perfect. That's all it was. Yes. Good. I think it was oh, them cheeks, God. but yeah. Either way, whatever it sounds like, that's the them goal. those my cheeks. It is amazing because I you know I had to a lot of times when I'm editing I'll just look for peaks and where things are too quiet or there's like long pauses because right. I don't feel like listening to the episode again. But because of the, the issues last week, I pretty much listened to all of Mel's whole. It is amazing how many unintentional sexual phrases were spoken during that episode about people's fascination with the abyss and dude it literally talking about mel's hole last week made me start re-watching the entirety of made in abyss <laughs> I that's why i'm assuming anime yeah it is yep it, it's about a a big giant hole that basically has its own world inside of it and there's a curse so you can go down freely into the depths, into the abyss. But if you try to come back up, then it has a curse that'll affect your body in different ways depending on how far down you go. So when you're in the first layer, it's literally just like dizziness and nausea. Yeah. But then if you're trying to ascend like in the sixth layer, which is like 17,000 meters into the earth, then you bleed out of every orifice in your body. Yeah. And if you try to ascend from That's any fun. lower than that, then you just die. You, well, death or loss of humanity. You turn into a fucking like horrible homunculus. Yeah, that's wild. Yep, I want to watch it. I should watch it. It's I very good. It's unfortunately only on a, a really like fringe anime streaming service called High Dive. Oh my god, I know High Dive. Yeah, I had to watch season two of. Um... Fuck, I'm going to have to re-up my subscription then. Um, yeah, it's only five bucks for high dive. So. Yeah. All right, here, I'll give you mine because I'm probably going to pay for another month of it. Heard. Because i got to watch uh, Eminence and Shadow as well. Oh, the yeah. rest of season two, I think, should be coming out this year. Nice. And I, I mean, like, for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's like, you know, Isekai. Yeah. Get taken to another world yeah, by you, Truck you, you, you told me all about this five times. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just so fun. He's an idiot. It's so good. He has no idea what's happening. He thinks he's just going to school. So have you, f- so have you finished Scott Pilgrim, Josh? Oh, yeah. Are you okay with it now? 
Uh, well, so I was so I was upset. never not okay with it. I was just struggling because they they did do <laughs> such a hard bait and switch with that series. All right. the advertising, everything led us to believe that it was going to be like a perfect one for one with the comic. Um, and then they do. This is Scott Pilgrim spoilers. I guess skip ahead a few minutes if you don't want to hear Scott Pilgrim anime spoilers. Um, and then the entire first episode is basically shot for shot. A couple of minor changes that I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that they changed that, but this is so much fun. And then Scott just fucking dies during the first Evil X fight. Except then it turns out, no, he didn't. He was uh, pulled into a portal at the last second. And they changed the entire series. Mind you, it was still written by Brian Lee O'Malley. So it's very easy to just go... That's the re- uh, this is the original guy, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very easy to just go, okay, this is an alternate universe. Yeah. But it's still, like, it threw me off so hard. Yeah. It, it was wild, but it it's great. It's fantastic. I might I'm all have to read the manga. It's not long. What do you recommend doing first? Oh, I don't give a fuck how long it is, bud. I'm a One Piece fan. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> I just mean like you can burn through that in basically a sitting. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. How many yeah. volumes? I like 6 or 7, right? I you could call it like 3 or 4 volumes. It's very short. Volumes, I mean the the one the little ones. Oh, like how many? Tankoban. Seven. Seven? Oh, I can do that in a day. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Uh, probably two days now. I don't have that much time in a day Speaking anymore. Speaking of One Piece, did you? Yeah. Did you hear about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Nope. There was a Monkey D. Luffy balloon. Oh yeah. And uh, it hit a tree while they were doing it, and got a hole, so it was deflating. That's hilarious. Uh, also canonical. <laughs> um, okay, it is. But yeah, it was. It is six books that are significantly smaller than. Hell yeah. The, the One Piece book that I have. The One Piece book that you have is essentially three of those. Yes. So it would be two of that. Yeah, and I easily ran through two thirds of that in one day when we worked at Cricket. Yeah. Oh, buddy, I've read... When I first discovered manga, I was going to the library every week with my mom for Quilt Guild? Yeah. Yeah. You you know what, actually? Right now, real quick? Yeah. Do you have dinner plans tonight? No. Would you like lasagna for dinner tonight? I would. Would you like to watch the Scott Pilgrim movie tonight? That's an offer I cannot (laughs) refuse. (laughs) Uh, that sounds lovely. All right, let's get into the story. <laughs> but yeah, what was I saying? All right, well then in that oh, case... Oh, sorry. Uh, you, you got you through how much of library. One Piece in Quilting Club? Oh, no, I just discovered manga when I was in Quilting Club. Oh, okay. Because I would go, like, on the summers, uh-huh. and I read the entire YA fantasy section, because that's the, my genre. Yeah. That's my autism thing, my ADHD hyperfocus, and... <laughs> So I discovered I was looking for other fantasy things. I tried comics. I liked the idea, but I didn't like the execution. So then I, a uh, friend of mine at school, gave me the very first comic I read was called Loveless. I remember that it was like a, it was weird. I don't know. Look it up, guys. But 
so I read that. I was like, I like this fucking setup. I don't like this story as much. Mm-hmm. So then she gave me like Love Hina and some other harem rom-com ass shit and i was uh, like this is fun i'm a teen now and yeah i'm horny but not like for this uh-huh <laughs> and so then i discovered um shaman king was my first shonen and it opened my eyes to the future and then i discovered one piece of naruto right around the same time yeah so i was i guess i was young i was maybe like, what was it, like, maybe 99 One Piece came out? In, so, like, I was probably s- seven or eight when I discovered One Piece as a show, and then manga later. Anyway, I read a bunch of them. I can read, like, 20 of those fuckers in a day if I want. They're so... Oh, yeah. I just eat them up. All right. So... This has been your weekly anime talk. Uh, we're going to get started now. Welcome, everybody, to Two Towns Over. I am Father Donathan. I'm Big Soggy. I'm Josh, also known as Scott Pilgrim's <laughs> Brothers Base. All right. That and, felt like uh, jazz. We're going to kind of... <laughs> we're going to kind of swing back into the satanic panic a little bit. Oh. Uh, not too much. Um, it's satanic panic adjacent. Because this week, as I was cleaning my office and everything, I found an old book that I had uh, bought a long time ago called The Pocket Guide to the Apocalypse. Nice. Which is kind of an irreverent look at the end of the world. Like there's two chapters on all the times that people have said the end of the world was going to happen and it didn't. But then there was a chapter on people who... um, uh, people who had been accused or thought that they were the Antichrist over time. Fucking. You know, people like Obama and Clinton. And, oh, yeah. I remember. Uh, I li- So I lived in Alabama in 2008. Oh, no. Ew. Oh, ew. yeah. I'm so sorry for that. Uh-huh. I lived in maybe <laughs> the only place that was nearly as bad. Which was fucking northeast Georgia, or excuse me, southeast Georgia, northeast Florida, the Florida Georgia border is. Yeah. Y'all would not fucking believe it. Uh huh. Y'all would not believe it. <laughs> it's I don't even need to follow that up with any examples. Everything that you can think of about how racist Alabama was in two thousand eight, it's worse. Oh, buddy. Oh, y'all have again no idea. <laughs> I don't know if the show has made our stance on the Israel-Palestine conflict known. And since we're talking about political shit, I would like to say, uh, fuck Zionists, pull up, message me, I will give you my address. I do not give a shit. Free Palestine. Eat my dick. (laughs) But, uh, so I decided that this week it'd be kind of fun, in a weird way, to discuss the Antichrist who he possibly is as a as a historical figure as a uh, political figure and then towards the I end kind of go through some of the <laughs> kind of go through some of the possible uh contenders for the crown so to speak oh my Although, god can we have a battle royale uh, to find out who gets to be the real antichrist <laughs> sure although i think the person that we're all going to come to isn't named in this 
script, but we'll get there. So throughout history, the concept of the Antichrist has fascinated the theologians, scholars, and believers alike. Derived from biblical texts, the Antichrist is a figure that holds immense significance in Christian eschatology, representing the embodiment of evil and opposition to God. Now, the study of the Antichrist not only sheds light on religious beliefs, but also provides insights into historical interpretations, characteristics, and actions attributed to this figure, as well as his role in the end times prophecy. Now, hey, over the centuries, numerous individuals... Yeah. I have a question, Don, since we're still kind of close to, yes. to Josh's Battle Royale statement. <laughs> yeah. do Have you played um, a Smash Brothers, any of them? Me? Yes. I have never played, but I've seen them being played. That one kid used to play it all the time at Zach's bookstore. Right. Okay, so you know the announcer's voice. No, it's Damn been it. it's been at least three years since we've even been at Zach's place. It's like so. It's like Meta Knight, and like uh, Link. <laughs> it's like a very announcer-y. it's a booming announcer voice. Yeah, yeah. Could you please? You're wanting me to announce the people in the. Yeah. Yes. Every time that you say one of their names for the first time, just just say their name real dramatic, like like that, and and just that would be great. All right. So over the centuries, numerous individuals and groups have been identified as potential antichrists based on their actions or beliefs. From Roman emperors to political figures and even religious leaders, various candidates have been proposed throughout different eras. Now, understanding these historical interpretations allows us to comprehend how societal contexts influence perceptions of evil incarnate. Now, the Bible uh, gives us glimpses into the abilities, the charismatic persona, opposition to God's teachings, and the ability to perform miracles. By examining these attributes, uh, we can gain a deeper understanding of the Antichrist's role in shaping theological discussions surrounding good versus evil. Oh boy, I have a, I'm going to have a lot to say about this. When I was like studying the Bible... Revelations was like my shit. Oh yeah, it's the coolest. It's part. the coolest one. It's the closest one that's to like to the fantasy that I like. Yeah, it's like all mysterious <laughs> with like crazy imagery. Uh huh. There's mystery and like magic and like yeah, evil versus good. Uh-huh. And, and I fucking ate that shit up. Yeah. It's still cool. I still like- read Revelations to this day every once in a while. It's so good as a book. And uh, can I let you in a little secret? What's that? Revelation is only in the Bible because of one person. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that was what's fascinating about it. It, it's not King James. I forget it's... his name. No, it was some bishop back when they were compiling the Bible, and he had, I forget his name. He had like a lot of power in yeah he, that group. That guy is essentially he why demanded that that be in the Bible yeah. is what it is. Uh. And there's so many things he did not include for no for re, for political reasons. Yeah, but uh, I don't remember his name either, Don. But that's part of the reason why it's so fascinating. And uh, yeah, it's it's I, I I'm gonna have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> so exploring the role of the Antichrist in um, end times prophecy uncovers its significance in the Christian eschatology. The idea that there will be a final battle between good and evil before Christ's second coming is prevalent across the various denominations. Understanding how different interpretations perceive the Antichrist's involvement 
in these apocalyptic events provide valuable insight into religious beliefs regarding salvation and ultimately redemption. In conclusion, studying the Bible, uh, biblical definition of the Antichrist offers an opportunity for intellectual exploration within both religious circles and academic discourse. Historical interpretations shed light on evolving perspectives over time while examining characteristics and actions um, deepens our understanding of this figure. And exploring the Antichrist role in end times prophecy provides valuable insights into eschatological beliefs in the Christian anticipation of a final victory over evil. Jesus. Now, the interpretation. Christ. Yes. Just. Exactly. Very good. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I just realized. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm not even. Yeah, so I'm the interpret so the interpretation of the Antichrist has been shrouded in mystery uh for centuries. From ancient times to the modern era, scholars and theologians have grappled with deciphering the essence of this biblical figure, which is weird because technically it's not really biblical, but it- Bursting with different uh, opinions, these historical interpretations have given rise to a tapestry of conflicting narratives that bewilder even the most um, astute minds. I'm sorry. Now, in the annals of time, some early interpreters fixated on identifying the Antichrist as an individual ruler who would emerge from a specific lineage or nation. Uh, Coming forth from this uh, perspective was the notion that this figure would be born into royalty wielding his power with unparalleled evil. This interpretation's perplexing nature lies in its reliance on genealogical speculation and its failure to provide concrete evidence of such claims. One of the things was is that he would be either born in Rome or part of the Roman Empire. So there was a connection to Rome back when all this was going on, which was obvious because at the time, Rome was the, the ultimate power in that area so i mean that makes sense that it would you know the antichrist is going to come from rome part of the lore too was that the antichrist would be uh well versed in scripture right yes right yeah yeah essentially that old essentially the antichrist was a figure that was supposed to basically unite the known world yeah it will and he would know scripture and he would use it to basically twist people towards the devil. Right. And right. and then fight against Jesus in the final battle for the fate of Earth or whatever. Uh, more, <laughs> I mean, more, I'm, I'm yeah. being a dick about it. But Kinda, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> uh, the crazy... I literally... I closed Discord on accident just now, and I was still in the call. And Discord's a hero for that, is all I'm yeah. going to say. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... The number... Did you mean... You mentioned the, the 666 thing. No, not, not yet. Not yet? Okay, well, but I'll say that when we get to Everybody that. knows 666. Now, I don't think it's in the script. Okay, yeah. Just, it's just I like... Mean, yeah. It was... It's a numerical thing that most historians, like biblical scholar, historian those people that study that shit they mostly believe it was like this guy named like nero nero, nero. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 nero fiddled nero while rome burned right and yep. like that's kind of like you have to remember 
or maybe you don't, whatever. But like you, you should probably <laughs> remember that the Bible is a translation of works that were written for the people who lived back then. Right. They were not, and most for us, they were lessons most, and things for the and messages for the people who lived then. Yeah. Yeah. Even Jesus said that uh, the end of time will come in your lifetime talking to his disciples. So, and most biblical scholars believe that the book of revelation is talking about the Roman empire. It's a, it's a not metaphorical. What's the word I'm looking for here? A um, allegorical, allegorical story of the battle with the Roman empire, basically. And that, yeah, and most, there's also like a thing now that it's possible that the whole 666 was a mistranslation and that it's actually 616, but 666 just sounds cooler. Where is the 616 area code? I was just going to (laughs) say. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, okay, so at the time, as time progressed, (laughs) society's, uh, the, six ones it's in it, times are going to be in grand rapids michigan is all i'm saying <laughs> holy shit yeah. whoa <laughs> whoa so as time progressed and societies evolved new historical interpretations emerged that veered away from singular figures and instead posited broader collective identities as potential embodiments of the antichrist In medieval Europe, for instance, some theologians pointed fingers at entire religious groups like Jews or Muslims as being agents of darkness personified. Oh, what? No way. It's why people right now, evangelists, hate globalism because they view that as a sign of the literal end times. Yeah. Which I don't get because the the, the ultimate goal for, for evangelical Christians is to get to heaven, right? So if the well, end and of to the get everybody comes, else to heaven is what makes them evangelical. They don't. They don't give two shits about other people. They no, say they not do, in reality. Only people yeah, that exactly. they don't agree with. No, they care about conversion. They care about telling you about uh-huh. their religion. That is what evangelicals here's are. Here's the thing: it, 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 nations that have never heard of God. The, the Christian, Judeo-Christian God, nations that have never heard about that, they can't be held responsible for never hearing about it. Ah, uh, yes. So every, in the, in the grand scheme every of Every 16-year-old atheist's favorite argument. Yeah, but Don, the thing is, is that... <laughs> I would know. God works in mysterious ways, you see. <laughs> and yeah, huh. we can't fathom his, his great plan. Well, you would think he would make it easier to understand if, you know, the whole goal is to get people to... Blasphemer! He blasphemes! I, I know. He speaks the blasphemy! Yes. I know, yep. I know. I'm, so, you can tell I've been on TikTok a lot. So, these interpretations burst I forth mean, with prejudice and ignorance. if you believe Jesus, the meek shall inherit heaven. So, it doesn't really have any fucking thing to do with what you believe or not. If you are meek... You get heaven. That's no. You get the earth. Meek shall inherit the earth. Meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah. Is it who inherits the heavens? Yeah. Which one is that? I don't remember. Fucking whatever. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying. But according to Jesus, it's not like 
rich and powerful people who just believe. It's like, yeah, you if you believe in Jesus, you get to heaven. If you don't, you don't get to go to heaven. How you act and what you do has nothing to do with it, according to Jesus. Your faith, your religion is literally according to your founding member and also the God you worship, one aspect of him. Your worship is just showing thanks and attempting to follow an example. That's it. Yeah. But then they can sit there and say, well, if you're sinning or you're doing this, then you're not following the example. That's not but what Jesus said. That's not what he said. I know. I'm I just wanted to be that. clear for saying. people out there. Like, <laughs> I'm not fucking around. I <laughs> went to school for this. I like, I, it's like, don't Josh play with me. Huh? Josh is... Josh is dying over there. Josh is like, I've known this for fucking 15 uh, years. Yeah, I've, I've tuned it out. I'm like, these are conversations that I had with myself when I read the Bible when I was like 16. <laughs> when I had so, already like decided to leave religion behind when like three years before I was 16. And I was like, oh, I, I'm kind of full of shit if I don't at least skim the bitch. Yeah. So I'm I'm I just like to make sure that the people in the back and the people farthest behind, you know, the people at whom society's, you know, at whose pace society is forced to move at, those people still got to hear it because they still haven't gotten there for themselves. Yeah, that's why I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with this conversation. I, I'm just going to pet Capone. Yep. <laughs> yep. So the Renaissance period brought about yet another wave of, uh, confusion surrounding the antichrist identity influenced by political events unfolding during their time scholars believe that interpreting the biblical figure as symbolic representations of despotic rulers or oppressive regimes bursting through traditional boundaries these interpretations sought to shed light on contemporary issues by drawing parallels between historical tyrants and the evil villain described in biblical texts Fast forward to present times where technological advances have augmented our capacity for complex analysis, modern interpretations continue to amaze with their diverse range of perspectives of the Antichrist phenomenon. Some contemporary scholars argue that rather than manifesting in physical form, the Antichrist represents a collective manifestation of humanity's darkest tendencies. Bursting forth with psychological depth, these interpretations delve into the complexities of human nature and the potential for evil that resides within us all. Historical interpretations of the end. No, no, no. Go ahead. What? Nothing. Historical yeah. interpretations. Okay. Historical interpretations of the Antichrist have traversed a convoluted path, bursting through conventional boundaries and perplexing even the most discerning minds. From individual rulers to collective identities, from religious prejudices to political symbolism, each interpretation has contributed to our understanding of this biblical figure in unique and thought-provoking ways. As we continue to fight with this one enigma, one thing remains clear. Huh? The Antichrist said, will forever... He said unique and thought-provoking ways, and I said that's one way to put it. Unique and thought-provoking. I, uh, I think we have a slight delay. We do. It's, just, it's very slight, but yeah. Great. 
So the Antichrist uh, will forever be an intricate puzzle that challenges our perceptions and forces us to confront our own fears and biases. Now, the Antichrist, according to biblical literature, possesses a multitude of intriguing characteristics and engages in perplexing actions that have captivated the minds from, of many for centuries. I want Bursting to hear with some enigma suspects. and ambiguity. Me too. Oh, we're getting there. This figure is often depicted as a charismatic individual who cunningly deceives the masses with his smooth tongue and beguiling charm. The Antichrist's ability to manipulate and seduce others is unparalleled, leaving even the most discerning individuals bewildered by his persuasive powers. Now, it is said that he possesses an uncanny knack for exploiting people's vulnerabilities, preying on their deepest fears and desires in order to gain control over them. He's essentially a this narcissist. being... Exactly. This malevolent being thrives on chaos and discord, not the app. We, the app is no, not we're on this discord. This discord is good. <laughs> Revi uh, revealing in the destruct or reveling in the destruction he leaves in his wake. Additionally, the Antichrist exhibits a remarkable talent for distorting truth and sowing seeds of doubt among those who dare question his authority. His words are laced with half-truths and cleverly crafted lies that are designed to confuse even the most astute minds. What was the through his what was that book series? The Left Behind. Left That's Behind. That's the yeah. one. Oh my god, I I liked that book series. That was a good fantasy series. Like if yeah, based on yeah, Revelation. It's fun. Yeah, the fun. What got me though is that. Like throughout the, the 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 books, like when they got to uh, Apollyon, the demon Apollyon, and how it was supposed to be locusts with scorpions' tails and heads of lions and blah blah blah, instead of saying you know maybe that's like a euphemism or description of helicopters nowadays, they said no, it is literally a locust with the head of a lion and the tail of a scorpion and blah blah blah. But then you get to the last, not the last book, but the, the, the last book before they decided to milk it for one more, which uh -huh. the, you know, the end times when Jesus returns in the Bible, it says that he had a two edged sword coming out of his mouth. Uh huh. In the book, it's not a two edged sword. It's well, it's actually the word of God. That's the two edged sword. So uh. this entire fucking series is taking it literally until it gets to the point that the main character, the big guy, is supposed to have a sword coming out of his mouth. No, 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 no. That's not that's ridiculous. But yeah, I read all except the last book, Glorious Kingdom Come. That was the last one it where they, it's like a thousand years later. Yeah, I only read them once because they were fun, but then I was like, this is, like, the longer it goes on, the more it becomes propaganda. It starts yeah. as propaganda, oh, yeah. but it gets worse. Yeah. And, like, so I had to stop. The 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 young adult series that I was reading alongside it, because I'm that kind of nerd, um, <laughs> is better, actually, in my opinion. Like... The adult series is good, but it is way more obviously propaganda. The teen series is trying to hide the propaganda from you and is essentially just telling you a young adult cross-country post-apocalypse story. Yeah. And it's really fun, and you can kind of ignore this, the literalism of it uh -huh. in, in that context, 
the adult series does not allow you to do that. So, you know, you know, don't read them. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> They're not worth it. So, through this web of deceit, the Antichrist ensnares countless souls into blindly following him towards their own demise. Furthermore, one cannot overlook the Antichrist's insatiable thirst for power and domination. His actions are driven by an insidious ambition to establish a global reign where he alone holds absolute authority. To achieve this nefarious goal, he orchestrates political upheavals and manipulates world events behind the scenes. Damn, that sounds a this lot like the government that I know of. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't place yep. it. Can't place it. <laughs> so this master puppeteer strategically positions himself at the center of power structures while remaining shrouded in secrecy. Hmm. Moreover, <laughs> moreover, it is believed that the Antichrist will emerge as a prominent figure during times of great turmoil and despair. He takes advantage of humanity's vulnerability during those moments of crisis, offering false promises of salvation and deliverance from suffering. However, his true intentions lie not in benevolence, but rather in furthering his own agenda at any cost. Man, it's almost like... I don't know. Every fucking government in the world is run by different versions of this person. Uh-huh. Wonder what we could I yeah. wonder if we would like name that or if we would I don't know <laughs> put it in something maybe that might be called like a like a maybe like a diagnostic manual of some kind. It's <laughs> furthermore almost like governments have always been run that way and when they were writing this story they wrote what they knew. Hmm. Right. Almost like if you were trying to educate a people, you would put your metaphors and your you would make a story they would want to read about an issue they were facing. Uh-huh, which would be relatable to them. And then you would make all your metaphors pretty fucking obvious. Uh-huh. For the people in the back. So anyway, uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It's almost like Jesus' so, disciples learned some very fucking specific lessons. Sorry, Doc. So theories abound regarding that's okay. Theories abound regarding potential candidates from this for this diabolical role. Political leaders with tyrannical tendencies or institutions that manipulate masses through deceptive practices. The Antichrist like a chameleon blending seamlessly into its surroundings, defies easy identification, leaving believers to grapple with the enigma it presents. It's almost... So in the... It's almost as if, like when Josh said, you write what you know, they used a singular figure because they had an emperor. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Well, because most... (laughs) countries societies had singular rulers not most every society that they knew of had that singular ruler right yeah yeah because they they only well a lot of people did travel across the european continent and all the way into asia at the time i guess that's true so they they would have seen like that big also yeah right yeah 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 rome was all of Europe, effectively. Rome, yeah. Rome was essentially the world. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then China was there. Exactly. <laughs> like, yes. You know? 
So in the climax of End Times Prophecy, the Antichrist's ultimate purpose becomes apparent. As humanity teeters on the precipice of destruction, this figure emerges as the final obstacle before God's ultimate triumph over evil. Now, like an intricate puzzle piece that completes an apocalyptic tableau, the Antichrist's role is to test and refine the faith of believers in their darkest hour. It is through this test that true devotion and unwavering loyalty are forged. Though discerning and perplexing, this malevolent or disconcerting and perplexing, this malevolent force ultimately serves as a catalyst for spiritual growth and renewal. Now, while the precise role of the Antichrist in end times prophecy remains shrouded in mystery and ambiguity within biblical texts, its presence looms large as an enigma that challenges believers' understanding. Bursting forth, I'm skipping that. Hold on. This malevolent figure captivates minds with its multifaceted nature and elusive identity. As theologians navigate through scripture seeking clarity amongst confusion, one thing remains certain. The Antichrist embodies evil incarnate and plays a pivotal role in humanity's climatic struggle between good and evil. In conclusion, the biblical definition of the Antichrist holds significant historical and theological implications. Though a, through a careful examination of historical interpretations of the Antichrist, it becomes evident that this figure has been portrayed in various ways throughout different time periods. From Nero to Hitler, many have been labeled as... <laughs> many, many have been labeled as potential embodiments of evil, reflecting the fear and uncertainty prevalent in their respective eras. Furthermore... A closer look at the characteristics and actions associated with the Antichrist reveals, reveals a clap. Oh my God! A complex and multifaceted figure. Um, it, it's it's kind of going in circles now. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Just relax. It's the end. Okay. So throughout history, there have been numerous individuals who have been subject to widespread suspicion and fear being labeled as the embodiment of evil itself. This concept, hold on. Okay. Throughout history, there have been numerous instances where prominent historical figures have been accused of embodying the sinister presence of the Antichrist. These accusations, fueled by a potent blend of fear and religious fervor, have cast a dark shadow over the reputations of several influential individuals. One such figure who found himself at the center of these unsettling allegations was Emperor Nero, whose tyrannical rule over Rome led many to believe that he was the embodiment of evil itself. Nero's penchant for cruelty and his unyielding thirst for power were seen as clear signs that he was the prophesied Antichrist who would bring about the apocalypse. The chaos and destruction that ensued uh, during his reign only served to fuel these beliefs, leading to an, an indelible mark on history. Now, another figure who faced similar accusations was Pope Alexander VI, a man whose papacy... <laughs> Thank you both. A man whose papacy... <laughs> a man whose papacy was characterized by scandal and corruption. His lavish lifestyle and numerous extramarital affairs earned him a reputation as a debauched ruler and an agent of darkness. Rumors circulated that he had made a pact with Satan himself in exchange for power and wealth, further solidifying his status as a potential Antichrist figure in the eyes of many. I'm sorry. Now, the Pope? as far as that, oh yeah, yes. As far as as far as that goes, according to most Protestants who believe it, every single Pope could possibly be the Antichrist. 
Listen, because th- they're th- not wrong. Um, but they are though, is the thing. <laughs> if any, well, they if any of the popes that. were the antichrist, it was the the Borgia from uh, Assassin's Creed Two. Yeah, the one who got the <laughs> staff of Eden. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of, and to get off on a tangent, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure which Assassin's Creed it is, but there's one coming up that is actually going to, for the first time, feature a real-life assassin. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this one. It's the one where uh, it's Loki. You good? That's Valhalla, isn't it? Yeah. I'm good. No, not no. it's coming up. Oh. It's about it's a it's an it's east it's eastern. What what do you mean it's a because Mirage is where you play as Basim. I think that might be the one I'm talking about. What what's the what what is it, Don? Where you play I, as a, a real life sure. assassin? As as yeah, as a real historical assassin. Oh, I don't know. I do not know. And I've al- and I've also read that they're doing one that's going to take place in. Uh, Aztec times. Well, most importantly, the next game we're finally going to feudal Japan, like people have asked the that Assassin's be the Creed one. series to for uh, like actually decades at this point. Oh my god! So yeah, that might I be might the buy one an Assassin's that, Creed uh, game for the first time it. in like literally ten years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving forward in time, we have Adolf Hitler. Who already got his shout out <laughs> as another historical figure accused of being the Antichrist during World War II? Hitler's charismatic leadership style and ability to manipulate masses evoked comparisons to biblical prophecies surrounding the arrival of an evil entity destined to wreak havoc on humanity. His genocidal ambitions and relentless pursuit of Aryan supremacy only served to reinforce these chilling allegations. Now, in more recent times, public figures like Osama bin Laden has faced accusations of being connected to apocalyptic prophecies. Bin Laden's role as the mastermind behind numerous terrorist attacks led some individuals to view him as an embodiment of pure evil, a modern-day antichrist capable of plunging the world into chaos. If I believed in this, now, these exi- I would say, I don't know, maybe Netanyahu. Who? Netanyahu, he's the Israeli Prime Minister. Bibi. Ah, the war hawk who is gotcha. Yep, hawking his war. The man doing a genocide. So these right exam- now. I just didn't know his name. Yeah, yeah. So these examples demonstrate how, throughout history, individuals who wielded immense power or carried out heinous acts have often become the focus of accusations, labeling them as the Antichrist. Now, whether fueled by genuine belief or an attempt to make sense of the horrors unfolding around them. These accusations serve as a reminder of humanity's fascination with the concept of good versus evil and our instinctive need to identify a singular embodiment of darkness. Now, while none of these figures ultimately proved to be the Antichrist foretold, their association with such malevolence has left an indelible mark on our collective consciousness and serves as a cautionary tale about the dangers of unchecked power and fanaticism. Now, there have also been countless instances where religious leaders have found themselves branded with the dreaded label of the Antichrist. These individuals, who were supposed to guide their followers towards spiritual enlightenment, instead became subjects of suspicion and fear. The concept of the Antichrist, derived from biblical prophecy and apocalyptic literature, 
has long captivated human imagination. In this convoluted narrative, religious leaders embodying a divergent ideology or displaying unconventional practices were often hastily deemed as the embodiment of evil itself. Now, one such figure was Pope Innocent III. I'm sorry. Powerful medieval pontiff. Yes, Pope Innocent III. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. He was a medieval pontiff who ascended to the papacy in 1198. Despite his profound influence and efforts to strengthen the Catholic Church's authority, he fell victim to accusations that labeled him as the Antichrist incarnate. His ambitious undertakings and vigorous pursuit of papal supremacy incited widespread dissent among those who opposed his autocratic rule. As whispers spread like wildfire through towns and cities across Europe, people began associating Pope Innocent III with malevolence and even Satan himself. Similarly, Martin Luther's revolutionary actions during the Protestant Reformation also attracted allegations that he was indeed the Antichrist foretold. It's, it's, bold it's challenge wild to me that, like, I was going to mention this uh-huh. because I was going to say, like, both Hitler and Martin Luther King have been called the Antichrist. Yeah. No, 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 not Martin Luther King. Martin Mar- Luther. No, Martin Luther. Martin of Luther. Of the 99 Thesis. Of the 99 Thesis, but yeah. also Martin Luther King Jr. has also oh, been. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm yeah. saying shit like. But that's also a good comparison. Both Martin Luthers uh-huh. have been called the Antichrist. Do you understand? Like, people are not good at reading. Okay, so I'm going to draw a weird comparison for it. It's the same as when you see the type of people who will call literally anything that is the opposite of their beliefs nazism yes right it's just or fascism well uh fascism's a little bit more clear-cut but with not to some people well yeah i fucking know but they both just mean the same thing to the masses and what they mean is the ultimate evil so Right. They just want to call something evil, and they're really just different words that mean the same thing to the people using them. Whether they're saying that person is the Antichrist or that person is a Nazi, all they really mean is that person is evil for their beliefs. And granted, sometimes that may be true. And there may be serious comparisons that you can draw to one or the other but yeah anybody who is essentially a narcissist with a an unquenchable thirst for power or influence you can draw direct comparison to the descriptions in the bible yeah because that's the type of person they were describing right um so of course but if you want to take it literally then literally it was for the government or the people or the emperor at the time. It was a warning to be on the lookout for people with that kind of behavior and to try not to give them power Mm -hmm. or to at least be wary of them when they are in power. Because back then you wouldn't have had much influence as a normal person over who was your ruler. No. Even less than we have now. Yeah. 
You would have a North Korea amount of power over that. Yep. So Luther's bold challenges, uh, challenge to the Catholic doctrines and his emphasis on individual faith as opposed to hierarchical control threatened centuries-old power structures within Christianity. As Luther's ideas gained traction among disenchanted believers seeking reform and liberation from perceived corruption within the church, those loyal to Rome grew increasingly alarmed by his influence. Consequently, they sought solace in labeling him as an agent of darkness whose sole purpose was to lead humanity astray. Now, in more recent times, charismatic preacher Jim Jones <laughs> became entangled in a web of speculation. <laughs> again, you're playing for an audience of two. I know. And again, <laughs> killing. <laughs> <laughs> Discord gives me six um, sound effects. I will use them to maximum appeal. Discord so is maybe the perfect in ADHD a... video chat. Oh yeah, platform. <laughs> um, yeah, Jim Jones became entangled in a web of speculation connecting him with a being an antichrist-like figure, during his due to his cult-like following, uh, known as People's Temple. Jones' magnetic personality drew thousands into its fold. However, it was soon overshadowed by allegations of mental manipulation and abuse. Well, hell, we don't even have to do the episode now. What do you mean? We can just skip Jim Jones now. We can just skip Jim Jones and People's Temple now. No, we can't. <laughs> I just read the whole thing. <laughs> As his followers moved to Guyana to establish the, a utopian community, rumors began to circulate about the true nature of Jones's intentions. Ultimately, the tragic events that unfolded in Jonestown, where over 900 people perished in a mass murder-suicide, solidified the belief among some that Jones was indeed an antichrist figure who had led his flock down a path of destruction. Religious leaders throughout history have often found themselves unjustly labeled as the antichrist due to their divergent beliefs or unconventional practices. The allure of apocalyptic prophecies and deep-rooted fears have fueled this phenomena, leading individuals and communities to perceive these figures as agents of darkness rather than spiritual guides. Whether it be Pope Innocent III's quest for power, Martin Luther's challenge to Catholic authority, or Jim Jones's cult-like following ending in tragedy, the complexity of human perceptions has time and again blurred the lines between righteous leaders and supposed incarnations of evil. And to finish it out, we're going to talk about some modern-day figures suspected as the Antichrist. Throughout history, there have been numerous individuals who have been cast under the shadow of suspicion, their names whispered in hushed tones as potential incarnations of the Antichrist. However, it is in the modern era that this phenomena has truly taken flight, with several figures emerging as prime candidates for this malevolent role. You guys have any guesses? Uh, yeah, pretty I don't much feel like everybody. I need to say yeah, them. like, we, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one such person that has attracted fervent speculation is Elon Musk. Good. Great. The, Hooray. The enigmatic entrepreneur and visionary behind space. <laughs> Jesus. Behind SpaceX and Tesla. Musk's unyielding pursuit of technological innovation and his audacious plans to colonize Mars has sparked both admiration and apprehension among the masses. Some argue that his grand ambitions are a facade for a more sinister purpose, to establish a new world order under his control where humanity becomes subservient to machines. This notion gains traction due to Musk's fascination with artificial intelligence and his warnings about its potential dangers if not regulated effectively. 
Critics speculate that he may be using AI as a means to manipulate and subjugate humanity, positioning himself as its ultimate ruler and embodiment of evil prophesied by biblical texts. Another figure whose name has been synonymous with suspicions of being the Antichrist is Mark Zuckerberg. Wow. The wow. co-founder and CEO of Facebook. <laughs> with over 2 billion users worldwide and trusting him with their personal information, Zuckerberg wields an unprecedented amount of power over global communications networks. Concerns surrounding privacy breaches and data manipulation have fueled theories that he seeks not only to control information, but also to manipulate public opinion on a global scale. These theories suggest that Zuckerberg's endgame may involve establishing a totalitarian regime where dissenting voices are silenced or eradicated altogether. Furthermore, some conspiracy theorists point of accusing finger at Vladimir Putin, Russia's enigmatic leader who known for his iron-fisted rule in strategic maneuvering on the international stage. There's what, so much variation. There's so much variation. Nobody reads good. Like, their, their fucking critical thinking skills are zero. It Literally, nowadays, it's anybody who has any kind of power. Any political power. It, it, I will <laughs> bet that you say yeah. Jeff Bezos soon. Like, I, I um, would bet any no, amount. Actually. Any no. Am, no, really. Not in not in the script. No, I mean I, I guarantee you there are people out there, and For I didn't even sure. get to like people talking about uh, Kennedy, Reagan, Clinton, Obama. They're all the an antichrist at one point or another. Absolutely, there was insane. Prince Charles. Now King Charles um, is another one. Oh, um, uh, Gorbachev. So I mean, all of them, but all of them, yeah. But nowadays, it just seems that anybody who has any any power whatsoever is just they're the Antichrist. Yep. It's just it's getting lazy now. They don't they don't even put in any effort anymore to, you know, even say, here's why I think it is. It's just you're the Antichrist. People with ideal, I mean, uh, completely opposite ideologies to what the Antichrist even right. is. They don't care. Right. It's just Be anybody I don't like, that's the Antichrist. Right. And it, it even flies in the face to what, you know, the signs of the Antichrist was his his overwhelming charisma and his ability to lead people and everything. Have you seen interviews with Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg? They do not ooze charisma. They're like, not natural leaders. No. Right. Like No, they're not. It's crazy. Almost literally to me. People just don't think they just say i know the antichrist is bad and this person i don't like is also bad and so that makes them the antichrist but i mean yeah okay elon musk and mark zuckerberg they're assholes and but i mean they're not i don't know <laughs> the right. global definition of evil I don't I don't see them as being like the epitome or the embodiment of evil yeah they do like evil shit but on a global scale, like into the world type shit, no. There is a difference between doing evil things and being the embodiment of evil. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's just, I don't know. 
it's yeah i just think honestly every everybody's gotten lazy conspiracy theories are lazy now it's just ridiculous uh, if i believed in this i would say that anybody who would like i don't know laugh at a genocide or call an entire race of people non-human things or you know pursue power with a disregard for human life or morality or ethics anybody like that is getting close yeah but i don't even think they come close to what the fucking antichrist was in the bible you know what i mean yeah it's just it's just not a thing it, I mean, it's the- a warning not a prophecy yeah that's right. that's a good way to say it because i feel like everyone wants to believe that the Bible is prophetic. It is allegorical. It's... There's some seriously, seriously insightful shit in the Bible. And it comes from a time when, you know, people would kind of just sit around and think for days at a time. Like, when philosophy was kind of just getting its start and... That people came to some really, really good conclusions about the world back then. They also came to some really heinous ones. But yep. people want to romanticize it as like they they knew everything, or they they really did have this divine knowledge of what was to come. But it just isn't so. But we still have a lot to have learned from the stories and ideas from that time period. People just want to take it for fact. They want to take it literally. Because it doesn't require any effort. Exactly. It's really easy to say, oh, no, yeah, for sure, that's 100% true. Then it is to go, okay, let's analyze this from an objective standpoint and figure out what parts of this genuinely relate to the politics of the time and what parts of that we can bring forward as opposed to what parts are obsolete in the modern day yeah but i mean and it goes and we've seen it now over the course of these two and a half years we've been doing well, not two and a half a little over two years that we've been doing this like the flat earth when you break it down they can't answer the most basic question of why. Why yeah. is NASA lying to us? Yeah. I mean, it's and it's, they can sit there and say, well, they keep getting money. Do they? Money for what? Right. Yeah, that's what they I'm saying. They keep getting their budget cut. Right. Like. And why are you worried about that when the- people can't eat? Like, come on now. Yeah. Who gives a fuck what's in space while you're telling me that there are people who are starving and there are other people who are telling me that it's good that that is happening. It's good that a little little recession could solve this or this amount of unemployment is actually a great sign. Like, that type of shit, I don't, I'm not with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm sensitive like, to the plight of animals and the birds and the bees and the trees. And I think that we should do more to to we should do a lot more to repair the envi- environment. Right. 
Right. But it's I don't like think I that on uh, behalf of the animals. I think that on behalf of of people, humans, and I'm not really I'm not ashamed of that. Like PETA, you might might have had some legitimate like not PETA, but like, you know, animal cruelty, animal rights people have legitimate concerns. I am way less concerned about that than I am concerned for human rights. Once we solve human rights, we can solve animal rights. But th- things do have priority lists. Yeah, and it, it, I uh, I followed Neil deGrasse Tyson on uh, TikTok, and he was talking about you know people saying terraforming that we could terraform Mars and make Mars livable, and he pointed out, and this is Neil deGrasse Tyson, an astrophysicist who is all about space. He said, yeah. if we can terraform a planet like Mars to make it more Earth-like, why can't we terraform Earth to make Earth more Earth-like again? Yeah, right. Exactly. If you have terraforming technology, that shit works on any planet. Why not right. the one you're on? And that's like only an ounce of critical thinking that you need to get to that point but people just don't do it that's like every it would be great if if sorry go ahead i was gonna say it'd be great if every problem can just be solved with i don't believe that so it's not real or i don't believe that so you know i'm not gonna worry about that the world doesn't care what you believe or what you feel you know yeah you're gonna you're gonna they, have to deal with whatever the world throws your way if you want to believe in the whole hp lovecraft you know dark ones it's just basically just a, a a euphemism for how uncaring and un um fair the universe is yeah the universe doesn't care what you believe in it's just it's just so wild to me that people are that, uh, you said it best, lazy. They're just fucking lazy. They don't want to think for themselves. They don't want to add an ounce of critical thinking. They simply want an easy answer. And that's it, really. Yeah. And it'd be best if we could just take all of our, the evils of the world and the evils of society and put it off on one person. But it doesn't work that way. Not even close. Yeah. But, yeah, so that that's, that's pretty much it. Um, it's a lot less fun than I thought it would be. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah it was, um, it was an interesting but, episode we, uh whatever we have yeah. real conversations this episode that can happen every now and then i've been feeling really fucking yeah. pent up about this whole palestine situation and like i've been trying not to say too much about it because i don't want to get you know i would like for our podcast to be a place that you can come and not have to think about it too hard yeah I, but like <laughs> man 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 i i just my thing is, is I'm, I'm tired of people saying, you know, people who who are against Hamas, if somebody says, you know, the Palestinians should be free, then you're anti-Israel. No, you're not. 
Bro, I've come to the conclusion that I don't. I am anti-war violence. Period. When innocents yes. die, it is a tragedy. I am absolutely not against a people fighting back against their oppressors, even when it includes violence. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been saying it all the way back since we started the Gulf, or not Gulf War, the uh, Iraq War. You know, the, the the most recent one that's been going on for decades. That you take a child like someone in Gaza, a kid eight or nine years old who watches his mom and dad get blown up or shot in the street and that kid survives. Do you really think that kid's not going to grow up to be an anti-Israeli? Right. I don't want to say terrorist, but, you know, hate begets hate and violence begets violence. An eye for an eye leaves everyone blind, whatever euphemism or nice little cliche you want to do. Every fucking kid that you leave orphaned or you, you know, leave wounded for something they had nothing to do with besides the fact that they were born in the wrong country. Yep. Give it I, literally I understand five to ten to fifteen years, depending on what age that kid is. And you have about thirty percent of that population are gonna get radicalized. That's yep. just how it right. works. Well, they are radicalized currently because right. of the trauma they're experiencing it's just going to be that long before they're ready to do something radical about it yeah exactly this right. yeah and it's like and i am not calling for violence absolutely not i am a literally a pacifist but that's a personal choice and I absolutely can't sit here and say... Yeah, I don't get to speak for the reaction that they right. have to that. I can't sit here and say that if somebody killed my mother or my father or both or, and my sister, like, if somebody killed any portion of my family, I don't know what the fuck I would do. Right. You know what I'm saying? I would be... I don't even know... Like, I've lost family members, but not to bombs... Yeah. Not to white phosphorus, not to a literal genocide. The people that I lost to genocide were ancestors. That's why I was not a part of that. Right. Physically. But, like, they're experiencing it now. They're killing civilians. They're doing war crimes. They're laughing about it on TV, publicly, in your face, and our government and uh, and like the Western governments are all like just turning a blind eye. It's not totally a blind eye, but effectively, yeah. Effectively, I mean the phrase. I mean, as uh, they're in, they're like saying shit. They're like, "Hey, you guys should like do a ceasefire," and then they're like, "Eh, we don't really wanna." And they're like, "Okay, it's so trash." It's so trash. But something that, you know, that has come up is like, you know, they voted that the Palestinians voted Hamas into power. The Palestinians voted Hamas into power like 12 years ago, and Hamas has not held an election since then. And most of the people that live in, or half the population of Gaza now, weren't even alive when Hamas was elected into power. So somebody said it last night, and it, and it makes sense to me, is that you can say say free Palestine, you know, Palestine needs to be free, but Palestine also needs to be free from Hamas because Hamas is using the Palestinian movement for their terrorism. 
and honestly, I don't give a fuck who started it. All I know right. is I it's, know. A, it's it's the teacher moment where it's like I don't fucking care who started yeah. it. You're gonna knock it off, Absolutely. and then we'll figure out I don't, what to not, do. From not there. even that. I don't care who started it. He, he hit you, and you stabbed his mother. Right. Fuck you. Right. I don't. Yeah. Not you, Don. I'm sorry, but like, fucking. I like. I don't care who was the aggressor. It was Israel, by the way, forty-eight fucking years ago. But like. And every two years since then, like it's, but I do not care who started it. The person doing the genocide is the one who needs to be oh. stopped. Otherwise, right. I understand. I don't live there. I'm not part of those politics. I don't give a fuck what you do. You figure it out. You're adults. None of this is directed at you, Don. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just mad at the <laughs> the general fucking. Oh, it's so fear. It's in. It's it's frustrating as fuck. Uh, we tend to I'm both try, look, at, been... look at Dawn when we get... I know. <laughs> really I'm actually something. looking at a very cute little golf ball course right now, which is it's <laughs> helping, I guess. <laughs> but, like, I'm just so frustrated about it. And there's way more people online who have much more eloquent and less angry ways of saying what I want to say. So, and I, and I, and we, I don't want to get... I don't want to take over the whole podcast with this particular political human rights tragedy but yeah. like I, um yeah i'm just real mad about it <laughs> and oh, i don't want to shut up about I'm it until right it's over you. i know you are i know right. you are i'm just yelling i yeah i think we're gonna to wrap up there's not much more we can say about the antichrist yeah i'm um, trying to watch scott pilgrim and eat lasagna dog like, yeah yeah me too. and i've still got to get with ethan tonight so oh true um, true true i'm excited about that yeah I'm ready. So are we. We're desperately wanting to get going on that. Uh, but we're, uh, my plan all, is to try to stuff. do it as. Yeah, we're going to try to get that going as quickly as possible once you guys get up here. Yeah. Because doing three way recordings, no, no, I can't. No, I'll shoot I, myself no, in the no, head. No, no, no. Luckily, luckily, uh, Ethan and Blair have Zoom that they pay for, so he can record everything. On his oh, end. that would be good. But that will good. be. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah, so we're going to wrap that up. Uh, you know the drill. Links in the description on where to find us. Um, f- uh, yeah, we don't need to harp on it uh, too hard today. Fuck cancer. Yeah. Be good to yourselves. Uh, fuck the bitchels. Fuck the bitchels. Fuck the bitchels. Uh, plant babies and their moms. Free Palestine. Free Palestine. And I'm, I am I have a newborn plant baby. I'm so excited. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there goes Don uh, into a two. crime. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's not a crime. It's tourism. It's right. It's it's souvenirs. No, we admit to a crime every time Ruben mentions that he's smoking a j- while he's recording. So don't give me That's that. That's true. That's true. I do be doing that. Yeah. And as soon as I get everything, as soon as I get a job, it will no longer be a crime. So hopefully by the end of this week, I'll be full blown legal. So who cares? Anyways, okay, bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, yeah. and we'll talk to you next he's time. Been, he's been Father bye. Donathan. I've oh. been somebody. Josh has been a guy, aka something. Bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs>